That segment was brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast just as great as this in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sponsored by Anchor, welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8. Today we were blessed with the presence of Vashawn Jordan, who's been taking photos of the Chicago protests. He's been covering it, and he ended up publishing a photo essay, which is super cool. We get to talk about how he went through all of his photos and narrowed it down into an awesome book. We have that interview with Vashawn, which goes fantastic. And then, of course, since it's the weekend, we give you Brady's Fade Me's, Brez's Brilliant bets and cliffs picks to click it's pack show and after the vashon interview you hear a new sponsor stay tuned for that and let's get right into it welcome back to the washed up podcast let's get it you can come get me Welcome back to Washed Up. Our guest today has been covering the Chicago protests this year and has recently published a photo essay called Chicago Protests, A Joyful Revolution. It's available on Amazon now. He's also a senior at Columbia College. That's where I met him. Please welcome Vashawn Jordan. Thanks for having me. Of course. Excited to have you, Vashawn. Vashawn, so uh, we start all of our interviews, regardless of hierarchy, regardless of job title, with the same three questions. So question number one, how tall are you? I am six foot four. Is that our tallest guest? I think that might be our tallest guest so far. I need a certificate for that then. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely Uh, do. So I am still the shortest person. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Brady's a big fan of saying that you're six foot something every time, all the time. So, but yeah, six four, say you're six six. (laughs) No, you're not. That's well, right? Yeah. We're all sitting down. Yeah, especially. <laughs> um, Restart the, the – uh, <laughs> We'll cut that. Yeah, we'll cut that one. Um, but then now that we know how tall you are, have you ever dunked? All right, let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> so I'm a photographer, uh-huh. not an athlete. <laughs> but in my defense, I have dunked. Do not ask what size the rim was. That wasn't part of your question. <laughs> But I've done. That's a good answer. You're the first person to swindle that question. Yeah. Hey, I've been doing a lot of a lot of press. Yeah. (laughs) 
And last but not least, the title of our podcast is called Washed Up. Are you washed up? I am not washed up. Hell yeah, neither are we. Never have. <laughs> I was like, right when you were asking that question, I was like, he's like getting started and getting hot now. Yeah. Like, he's the exact opposite of washed up. Yeah, I'm like, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> but from meeting you at Columbia, I can tell you you're washed up from playing football. Um,. I can't disagree. <laughs> we've never, we got we've never played football before. No, I just remember you talking about how you moved from football to photography. So that's going to be how we jump in and transition to this um, talking about your... I don't know if we've had that conversation. Uh, we've had plenty of classes together, you know. It, the word gets around. I was trying to think about how many we've had, and I could not. I know it was at least two. I don't know, my, my brain, this is what happens when you're a college senior. You just start to slowly forget year by year by year because experience is so traumatic. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It's very impressive that you went from a sport to a profession. I went from sports <laughs> to becoming an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, oh. Hey, that's also commendable. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. How, where did you first pick up a camera and why did it resonate with you so well? So photography and media has been something that has really been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I typically say high school is when I started because that's when I started to use my first DSLR and the type of cameras that I use now. But I remember when I was much younger using Kodak disposable cameras. And I would use those and take them on family trips when I went to summer camp. And what I enjoyed about them the most was just the thrill of a photograph. Because, you know, at that time, you take a photo, you can't see what your shot is until you get the film developed. And you only have, like, a certain number of shots. So I started to really appreciate the value of a photograph and going out, trying to really think about what is the moment because I had one shot to get it right. And then, you know, take it to Walgreens, wait a couple of days <laughs> and actually get those photos. Like yeah. that was a thrill. You know, now it's different. I have, you know, digital cameras where I can take a photo and see it instantly, but just starting off that foundation of the value of the still photograph in the moment that was embedded in me from the beginning. That's crazy, and I think it's awesome how much it's evolved from, like, you have to wait a week at least, and now you take 48 pictures in a second and can look at all of them the next second. It's great, too, because those old Kodak cameras, like, you would, like how you're talking about right when you got it, you're like, you saw a moment, like, you saw so much deeper into that camera. When I was, when I was younger and had those cameras, all I wanted to do was make the... <laughs> sound and just yeah. another picture and then my mom didn't even know i had the camera she gets to walgreens she's a bunch of pictures of the ground well i didn't know at the time <laughs> right brady not a photographer yeah i i take great panoramic photos on my iphone but Sean, have you experimented with like any other mediums like videotaping and stuff like that at all? 
yeah, I've done some video work, but I like the photography just because it's a little more simple. With mm-hmm. video, it's like you're doing a lot of shooting and then you have to go through and edit it all together and really try to create those precise moments. But photography is a little more instant. Of course, the gear is much lighter, just running around with the still camera instead of you know, video equipment and tripods. But I definitely have tried it all and experiments with it all. And then at Columbia, my major is television with a concentration of production and directing. So I'm able to expand my skill set there and try to get a little more of a feel of what I exactly want to do because photography, of course, is like a hobby. And now Mm -hmm. I'm just taking it where it goes. But I know I definitely want to transition to that video and TV aspect later on in life. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And then from your most recent project, um, covering the summer in Chicago, of the pictures in the book, do you have a favorite one? So there are a lot of photos that I really enjoy the most just because of just so many different reasons behind them. And a lot of them just say so much, but I would have to go with the photo that's on the cover. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is just because I think it really captures the protest season in general. You know, you have a diverse crowd, you have young people, you have the neighborhood. This isn't the loop. You also have just that sun setting, which gives us that great flair. But another shot that's really a crowd favorite is there was this protest on the mayor's birthday. They were marching through her neighborhood and they stopped outside of these restaurants for about 20 minutes. And the diners didn't really know what to do because you're sitting there trying to have a meal and then you have protesters outside for 20 minutes calling you a gentrifier and just completely disrupting you so i was sitting there contemplating like i know it'd be a great shot just to get that kind of juxtaposition yeah and i didn't take the shot until we were leaving and i just like walked in the restaurant i thought i was gonna get kicked out immediately (laughs) because of covid and cameras yeah but no I, i walked in the restaurant was cool they were like helping out the protesters and giving them like scissors or whatever they needed and I put the camera on live view and I just started to shoot, but the diners were not paying attention to it. Like they were still eating their food and there's a photographer taking photos and just the juxtaposition of like, we're one city, but you yeah. have one set of people just enjoying their, their food unbothered. And then you have a protest going on outside. That was definitely another favorite of mine. Yeah, dude, I wrote down, uh, under like a couple of the ones I wanted to bring up and I just have written white couple eating brunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, about right. and it's, it's like the girl just has a bite about to go in her mouth and like the guy's just like looking out the window, just like, I wonder what's, uh, what's everybody doing out there? It's like, read a book, like do something. It's yeah. so much you can think about that. And so I was, putting this book together over a five-week period. And before the official book came out, I went through a a period of uh, reviews. So I sent the book out to a number of people, and I was uh, asking them for their opinion. Pat was one of those people, a very exclusive crowd. Thank you. to be in there. And the photo in the book has a full page, but it wasn't a full page while I was editing it. But so many people were pointing it out. I was like, okay. 
I want to give this one a bigger page because this is definitely something that people seem to enjoy. And there's another photo of like a couple taking a selfie with a protest behind them that has a full toothpaste spread. Wow. I mean, yeah, after, you're sorry. Go ahead, Brady. After uh, looking at the book today, and just obviously we have you on, so I'm not going to be like, hey, your book sucks. <laughs> so Thank I just you. want to say that to let you know that, that I'm not just like sucking up to you. It was amazing. And you were talking about first with the Kodak with you couldn't see the images, but like, I don't want to make this sound bad, but like it seemed like it was almost like effortless for you to get the emotion from, from the people out there. Cause these pictures are so raw and they were, you're very, very talented. And I just want to say I very much enjoyed going through them today. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And you just earned yourself a signed copy of the book. <laughs> Damn, I, I want to get on that list too. So you better act now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I guess, I guess the, uh, I guess the question in that, is that, I understand that it, but like you said that they didn't even care that you walked in, but like, was it, was it sort of effortless to get the emotion and what you wanted to be depicted from the photos? So, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but let's talk about like the anatomy of a protest, right? So what you're seeing is one photograph, which is like one sixtieth of a second. Right. But I'm at the protest for at least an hour. And as I'm going around, this goes back to with the disposable cameras, I'm trying to think about what is it that can capture the feeling and the mood of all of this, because there are so many photos available as I started to do this more often, people started to notice me. And a lot of times I will go to a protest, there will be people there, like protesters, like, hey, I saw your work, I love your work. And they were like, recognize who I am and my work. And they would be a little more comfortable in that aspect. Another thing is, you know, I carry a wide angle lens and a zoom lens. So I'm not one of those photographers that's like a run and gun style, all in your face, trying to really invade your personal space. You will see me in the background waiting around a little bit. Like with that photo in particular, like I said, it was a 20 minute wait before I went inside the restaurant. So it was like in the beginning when the protest first walked up, everyone in the restaurant were like, you know, filming and nervous and looking around. As we got into it a little more, they realized, oh, they're not here to harm us. They're not, you know, bothering us. They're just doing their own thing. And they started to get a little more comfortable. Um, there were a few protesters that went inside to restaurant to get some supplies and they were fine with that. And people were actually supporting the protest. So I was able to wait for that moment to say, okay, this is the perfect time for me to go in here and get that shot. And then another thing that I mentioned in the book is when the photo was taken, the protest was moving away. So at this point they were leaving and they weren't um, actively being watched. That's yeah, really- that's awesome. I didn't mean to say like the word effortless, like you know what I was. Yeah. Like I know you had to work hard. To get in there. <laughs> Obviously, there's there's the element of being not scared or being punished for doing something like that. But it's awesome that you were able to get everything you needed to get. Yeah, I agree with Brady, and it's so strange for me saying to that I love these pictures because of what they all mean. Like the, f- yeah. the photo itself, like your work, I love, but like, it's so tough to say, like, I love this where it's like, we're talking about police brutality and all this like 
social injustice. So the word love feels weird to toss out for this, but your work is outstanding. And what I can say that I love is how much the pictures of like the broken shops and especially the broken gumball machine, that one sticks out just like that's outrageous. And when pictures are worth a thousand words, a broken gumball machine is worth like a bajillion because there's <laughs> yeah. a thousand gumballs in it and they're all well, over the place. The gumball machine. On, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Gumball. Right. Maybe that's what they yeah, just well. like everybody was taking big hammers to the storefronts and then just like one of those little tiny hammers to the gumball machine. Yeah. <laughs> I just and need it was one. out on the sidewalk, so it was like someone like picked up the <laughs> and took it because the gumball machines aren't on the corner, they're inside of a store. Yeah, someone right. took the gumball machine out, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, you're this a symbol too, of racial injustice." Well, yeah. just do it on the ground. Yeah. Um, another uh, photo that I just wrote down, and uh, I'm kind of losing what I was writing because I was writing so fast. One of these just says, "Dude in the Trump hat that says keep America great.'" That was a hard photo to take because he was such an ugly man. Dude, he was grotesque. <laughs> he was disgusting. Man. And he was like smirking at you. Was he looking at your camera lens or right was he me. like looking past you? Mm-hmm. I was right in his face. Um, <laughs> After you just said, I'm not the one to get in your face. <laughs> See, for the Trumpies, <laughs> fair. The rules fair. are a little different. Fair, fair, fair. One thing about uh, Trump supporters that I've noticed over this time period is (laughs) they love attention. Oh, yeah. So it's like taking a photo of them from afar, they're just going to be hanging out. As I got closer and they knew I was right here taking a shot of you, they're putting their flags up, they're waving, they're cheering, and they're really showboating for the camera. And uh, I think with that moment, the march is starting to step off. And I was just like scanning around and he looked right at me and, and made the face. So I didn't really know what to expect as far as if they were going to not want me there or how that worked out. But, you know, I try to just make sure no matter who I'm photographing, I'm respecting people's spaces. So I don't have any issues with photographing them. And that's one of the things I talk about a lot with this book. This, this isn't a, you know, this is a um, nonpartisan book. There are not a bunch of opinions in here. I'm not talking about who's good people and who's bad people. All the right. photos, like the captions are just what's happening, the day it was taken, the neighborhood it was taken. Yeah. And you can judge for yourself. And I made sure I went out and I yeah, I covered a pro police rally. I covered the Trump rallies because I wanted everyone to be represented in here without me putting my own like biases in here because the photos don't lie. Yeah, I did notice that in all your explanations and descriptions of the photos, there was no what seemed like Vashon's take on the whole thing, which is yeah. a really cool way to go about the book. And that's why I like when you were talking about how you like photography because it's so simple. A photo is simple, but with no like description or anything, you could leave it up to the person to decipher what they want it, and that makes it so dynamic, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, and... Um... I wanted this book to really be something that was able to be a conversation piece. And there are so many conclusions that you can draw from it. And I always look at when people send me messages about the book, just to see what folks took from it. Because one of the observations I would encourage people to look at is 
look at the diversity that we have and like the very the very first photo you see is from May 30th the wide shot of the entire crowd look at the age ranges there look at the ethnicities there look at um, who's there but then go a month later and you're going to see that crowd size shrink and you're going to see the kinds of people who were there from the beginning and stayed and you're also going to see who fell off so all of those um, observations can be drawn but I also just have to note that it was a and still is a pandemic. So I know a lot of people probably couldn't make it out to the protest. They couldn't be in a large crowd for so many times. So this was something that was able to bring that experience to folks. Instead of it being, if you weren't there, you never know what happens and that's it. Everyone gets a chance to experience it and kind of feel a little bit of the energy that was there. Wow. Yeah. I, I, Really eloquent explanation yeah, of that. Yeah. 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 Seriously, I just didn't know. I kind of had to sit in that one for a second. Um, so, you have been over the media for the last, like, what would you say, two weeks or a little bit yeah, more? Yeah. So, the book came out October 17th. So, we're approaching three weeks now. Three weeks. And you've just been all over the place. And. One thing that came up was that you have taken 17,000 pictures. And how many did you put in the book? So the book has 117 photos. Um, so that's easily divisible. So that's great. Good on you. <laughs> there was, was some cuts, man. But I still have that entire archive of 17,000 photos. Right. Um, so the the book and has 117. Hmm? That's less than half of a percent of all of the photos. So that's Thank incredible. God, Rez is here. That would have took me three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's only 117. But the good news that I can say is the vast majority of what I cover is here. So it was a pick and choose process, of course, with photos going here, but it wasn't a pick and choose process of what demonstrations get shown. Um, like I know there's one demonstration that I went to, which is a, a vigil that I did check in first and they didn't want photos, but they allowed me to live tweet. So like those photos aren't in here because I didn't yeah. take any, but other than that, everything that I shot for the most part, if I had some enough photos for it, I put it in the book and that's how we ended up with 37 uh, moments. I have that's such, remarkable. yeah, it's crazy. I have such a tough time deciding between things. If I had 17,000 things to pick from and had to narrow it down to 100-ish, I would feel like I was being so rude to the other thousands of things that I was choosing. And I know they're inanimate objects. They're just pictures. But I would have been like, this was a good day. Like I had a good like sandwich before this. I don't want to leave this picture out. And that's just my inner yeah. thing of being like a lack of decision-making person and feeling like you're rude all the time, but no, I can't I totally imagine feel that. Like, I feel like when you're saying that it, it resonates with me cause I'm like a closet hoarder. So like, I don't <laughs> know how to like get rid of anything like that. So I know you talked about it briefly, but like, what was the process like of narrowing it down? Was it your favorite photos or was it more of like what you fit, what you thought needed to be seen? Yeah, so I'll uh, connect this a little bit to just my use of social media uh, over the summer. So one of the 
things that I wound up creating was like this experience where if you want to see commentary, if you want to see videos and live updates, you can go on Twitter and you can see every demonstration has its own thread. And then you go over to my Facebook and you see more photos that weren't posted on Twitter. And then you get to go on this book and you get to see individual captions for each and every one of them. So most of the photos in the book are photos that were already released online. The main reason behind that was I really wanted to find what photos can capture the entire energy and mood and spirit of the protest. So one of the protests towards the end is called Break the Piggy Bank. The number one thing they came to do was this moment where they have these pinatas, which are like uh, police officers as pigs, piggy banks. And they have the pinatas represent the police department's budget, and they broke them open. Objects fell out onto objects and um, just symbols of different places where that money could go. So I knew this here is the photo. Right. Yeah. It's it's just not doing them service if I was to post a photo of any crowd shot or any person and not sure. show the piggy bank. So it's trying to, to get a feel for that. Like if there's a protest about um, the Columbus statue, I have a photo of the Columbus statue when they were during the Logan Square lockdown, like they were dancing because they were celebrating the Columbus statue being moved. In that same spread is a photo of the Columbus statue. So just trying to give that um, necessary context there. But, you know, it wasn't easy at all cutting it down. And I'll add to that 17,000, I'm using a professional sports camera. So it may be like the cover image has probably a hundred photos of that moment there. Yeah. Just trying to find like the best frame where, you know, just technical stuff. Right. If it's in focus, you can see everyone's face, all of that. Yeah. That's Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we were talking before we started recording and you showed me the shutter speed on the camera and it was like, click, 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 click. It was so quick. <laughs> 16 frames a second. Yeah, Brez, do that That's one more insane. time. Click, 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 <laughs> I don't know if it's humanly possible for you to do that 16 times in a second, but I like the effort. Yeah. The- <laughs> uh, yeah. I had to give it a go. And one of, one of the, my favorite photos from the book was of the, uh, Dreadhead Cowboy, because, I mean, the way you got that photo, so, like, square, like, ground level straight on, it's the most, I remember turning on the news and seeing that, and I was like, what is going on? A man is on a horse going down the highway? Like, this is insane. Um, And you got just the most incredible picture of him that, I mean, was that picture featured in the newspaper at all? So that incident made international news. Yeah. Like we had um, so for BBC yeah. in the Middle East. I think out about that. we got to let everyone know. So for those who don't know, Vashon got in the middle of the Dan Ryan when the Dreadhead Cowboy was riding a horse down the Dan Ryan 
in protest for remind me again something with child. Those are kids' lives matter. Kids' so lives matter. Awareness of the number of children being shot in Chicago. Exactly, and that was his protest of riding this horse for seven plus miles. And Vashon was the photographer who got on his knees in the middle of the Dan Ryan to take these photographs. And now we can proceed because th- this is like a whole section of the interview I wanted to get in. Like this is going to be a full, full length feature if film. If you've never been on the Dan Ryan, it's chaos <laughs> in general. And then add a horse with a man <laughs> riding it and then police officers. And he got on his knees and shot a perfect shot. We have phones now that can focus <laughs> shit for you and do everything for you. This wasn't that type of moment. It was very impressive. I guess we should add some context to that, not to make the viewers think that I'm just completely insane. At this point, the Dan Ryan was shut down, so there are no cars around me. Uh, and this wasn't my first time on the Dan Ryan. So if you think back to 2018, Father Flager had a shutdown of the Dan Ryan, and that was the actual march with hundreds of people down there. But, you know, this was, was something where I knew – that photo had to be shot as we were on the Dan Ryan. I'm kind of thinking about what are the best ways to show this. But when I got that shot there, it was like, okay, this is one that I didn't, I didn't know at the time that this would be like the shot. It was just one of many. Cause I try to just capture all the angles. So I just took the photo and I posted it. There was like this little um, trend going around on Twitter where it's like the setup versus the shot. So it was mm-hmm. that. Like I post like a picture of me taking a photo yeah. and then a picture of the photo. And people started snatching the picture and I just saw it on all social media platforms. It's going viral. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't even like this isn't even edited. Like this <laughs> yeah. just that. But it, you know, went berserk and that um actually is on the title page. So you have it covered when you open the book to see the title page, and that photo is right there. It was that was remarkable. I opened that up and was like, "No way!" Yeah, like I, my soon-to-be book signed. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's so. When that happens, when you put out a photo that spectacular, and it immediately starts just getting thrown around, are you worried at all? You're like, "How are people going to figure out that this is my work?" Is this going to get taken from me? Like, what is that mindset when that just goes viral without you watermarking it or anything like that? Yeah, that's always a challenge for me because when you're out in the field covering, it's hard for me to really look at my phone and see what's happening. Like, I'm trying to take photos, which is a job in of itself. And then when you throw tweeting in the mix, that's a job in itself. So doing both at the same time, is tough. So I'm typically on my phone just getting out content. And on Twitter, when you get so many notifications at once, they group them together. So it's like this person and 50 others like this tweet. This person and 50 others followed you. The only tweets that I really see coming out singles are quote tweets. But my notifications when I'm for that mm-hmm. the entire day non-stop yeah. so i really had no idea of um, what happened but i did notice in this incident the photo was getting stolen people were not crediting me for the photo so when i released the edited photos i watermarked them yeah I very rarely watermark photos 
but it wasn't necessarily this idea of like, you need to credit me because I've never had someone like, Hey, I'm hiring you for a gig because I saw your name on a photo. <laughs> um, yeah. The idea for that was more so I wanted people to know the story. And it's like, if you just see this photo, you're going to be like, this crazy man is on a horse mm-hmm. on the damn ride. But it's like, it, it's not that. Like he was on here to raise awareness for Kids Lives Matter. So if you don't go back to my page, you won't know the story. Right. And the very first tweet that I put out, which I had already drafted before we went on the, for the highway, it said, this is why he's out here. So I wanted my name and my ad name to be there so people can go find me and see why he was doing this before the um, entire narrative got spent and all of the jokes came out that people started to take as the truth. Yeah. And while you were down there, you were kneeling there, what was going on around you? Like who was watching you? Did anyone see you just kneeling, taking these photos? Like what was captured? So just to reiterate, this was a very calm thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we got on the expressway, the police, so the photo was shot towards the end. I think we were on the expressway maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Right. So by the time the photo was taken, you had the Illinois State Police and you also had Chicago police working together. And the entire expressway was cleared off. So I actually was in a car with someone who was like driving me around. So they drove me up ahead mm-hmm. and we got out. Behind me was completely empty. Yeah. There weren't many people watching because this wasn't announced in advance. So you had to see it and then try to run outside. But not many people live right in front of the expressway. So it was literally just calm. And when that specific photo was shot, they were slowing down mm-hmm. and they were stopped like a little bit before the photo was taken. So like it wasn't like the police had their lights on. But right. They didn't, have, they didn't have their sirens on. No one was like making noise. It was literally just very chill but it wasn't like a high energy situation until we got off the expressway of course and there was a well, there was a helicopter following you right that saw you I, I, yeah i found out later so news outlets didn't know this was happening and they weren't able to get photographers there fast enough then of course if they got a photographer there it's not easy to get on the expressway with still photographers when we're literally going like, you know, that horse was just galloping for some of the way. So there were actually news helicopters in the air, but because they were so high up, I didn't hear them. Mm. And I'm also just so focused on like, I have 20 minutes to get the shots. And that said, this will never happen again for the rest of my life. Right. Afterwards, I was looking on Twitter and I found a video from like NBC Sky News and they got the video of me taking the <laughs> like the i actually sent the guy a message and a, a good message i wasn't upset with it right 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 but he's commentating and then he's like pan over pan over and they're like there's some people they're, they're put over they're getting on the highway and, and they're taking pictures so they're literally filming me the entire time i had no idea so i'm glad i didn't do anything <laughs> crazy because i was being watched and he's like, we thought 2020 had everything. And now we're seeing a horse on the Dan Ryan with a photographer. 
<laughs> and that was like on live television. I had no clue. That's uh, hilarious. Course, they, didn't know, um, they didn't know who I was right when I was down there shooting. So they did, they had no clue because there were some other drivers who were like went over. But I was like, right. no, it's Bashan. Come on now, <laughs> city without Bashan being there. Nothing <laughs> does. Dude, I remember seeing that clip like live on TV. Like I was just getting home from work. I turned on the TV and I see this going on. And I was like, what's going on? And the guy's like, well, there's a man coming down. He, yeah. Like, but he's like 20, you thought 2020 had everything. <laughs> and now there's a man on a horse coming down the Dan Ryan with a photographer. And it's, it's crazy. It's like worlds colliding right now for me. Cause I was like, <laughs> when you mentioned that, I was like, I remember seeing this exact clip live. Yeah. And, and you had no idea that we were going to maybe have this guy on the podcast. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> here's, the here's the guy. We have the guy. <laughs> and I'd also mentioned that this was supposed to happen like a week before. Like, he talked about this. And he made a flyer for this. Like, really? this is a real thing. He made a flyer for it. And I tweeted it out. And I'm like, Todd, the drag cowboy is going to take over the Dan Ryan from 35th to 95th. Yeah. It was a joke. And, of course, they didn't get any traction on social media because no one was like, all right, whatever. The only reason it didn't happen was because of the weather. Oh. So he, it was postponed. So when he did it that time, he literally had the idea that morning. Really? And we just went out and did it. So it was like, yeah, he talked about this before, and this is something that he was already thought about doing, but it was postponed because of the weather. And then that day, it's like, all right. Let's go ahead and do it. But I also want to mention this just because for the sake of the whole story. Sure. A couple of weeks before this, and this is in the book, he held a Kids Lives Matter march. First one was in Woodline. The second one was in Inglewood. I covered both of them, and I was the only person that covered them, though. For the first one, he had, well, for both of them, he had his own videography that he brought with him. Mm-hmm. I was the only person that covered that first one. Not a single news outlet, mainstream indie, no one covered it. Wow, over in Woodline. Wow, and because that didn't get much. Oh, sorry, keep going. Like, how does something like that not even get acknowledged? Like, that's it's that just seems ridiculous to me. The idea of newsworthiness, right? So, he's in the neighborhood, he's in Woodline, he's in Inglewood, and he's doing this. Mark, and he had the horses out, and it wasn't him. He had two other horses out with kids, and they're going down. And I think the first one was like on a weekend of what would be the Bud Billiken Parade. And um, they had an actual like parade. Like the kids were dancing down the street. They gave out free food. There were horseback rides. No one covered the first one. Did it again. Only one news outlet came. Wow. So he did the Dan Ryan shutdown because he needed to raise a, awareness for it. And it's like, you, you guys see what's going on here. Like he did this before. Yeah. He did it in a neighborhood. No one cared about it. Right. So he goes on the Dan Ryan and now it's international news. But yeah. I'm the only person that has shot from both of them and the Dan Ryan. So it's like, there's some very exclusive stuff in this book that no one else has. Yeah. And that's awesome. And one of the things that you mentioned that's so outrageous is that nobody bats an eye at that kind of stuff but everyone got crazy and started going nuts because the horse's foot was a little bloody at the end of the 
at the end of the trot or the run. And, and the fact that was even like a percent of what people took from it. Is right. Ridiculous. And like, you could tell me to shut up here, but like, <laughs> I feel like that's what the book can give to people is the things that people refuse to want to see. And that's what I got from it. And you could be like an underground Batman photographer. Yeah. <laughs> you have to come to terms with it. And that happened before during the Logan Square lockdown where they were dancing, um, because of Columbus that when they reacted to the Columbus statue being taken down, the, I have one of the videos and the photos in the book, but the video from that moment is like 6 million views on Twitter because it was taken by a bunch of Republicans and Trump supporters. And one of them tweeted the video like they have, you can do like this thing on Twitter. You tweet someone else's video, but it connects back to their video. They made a tweet and president Trump saw the tweet and he retweeted it. And that's what sent it up. Like I went on Trump and there's a tweet and there's my name on it. Ridiculous. No <laughs> way. But yeah. I have screenshots of my name on his page. It was the weirdest thing ever. Um, but they didn't, they took it because of the fact that not everyone was wearing their mask properly. So the yeah, only reason that I the narrative. That's fucking ridiculous. That was the only reason. But I'm like, you know, people are bashing it because they're not wearing their mask properly. But you still had to see all of these Chicagoans coming together, having a good time, having community, dancing and being happy. You still have to see that image. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. Fellas, what else you got? Taking the, finding a way to take the positives is something like you said that you have to like swallow because it's hard because the narrative gets changed by everybody. But to take those positives at the end of the day, I think is a good thing. Yeah, I know it's hard because you, you work so hard to get it out there and then you open up Twitter and then it's like, how could this get spinned like this? But still at the end of the day, people are still seeing it and eventually, hopefully they'll get the right image from it or be able to depict it the right way. I would also just add to it this idea of telling the full story. So yeah. with the book, it's like, yeah, there are photos in here of looting. Like there are photos in here of people, they burned down a dollar tree. They knocked over the gumball machine. But it's like, even with that, it still doesn't take away from the overall idea that it was all built on that joy. So what I want from people is not a narrative. It's not look at this instead of that. It's like they were not wearing their masks properly. I can't argue with that. They were not wearing their masks properly, but it's like, can we talk about that? And can we talk about the rest right. of the point here? Yeah. So it's like, I just really want people to get a full picture of it. So that's why it's like, I can call this a joyful revolution and still show photos of a Trump supporter and a BLM supporter getting into physical occupation. I can still show that because when you get the full picture, you just can't deny those facts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved uh, I love the idea of forcing people to view the entire point because people love to just nitpick and find one single thing. Lines. And I, I hate it. And that's why you're so gosh darn good at everything you do. Not to toot your yeah. own horn or blow you up, Vashon. Um, but it's safe to say I'm in love with you. I mean, I've said it, <laughs> I've said it on social media, so I can't take it back and I can't deny it. So I'm just going to keep saying it and I hope that's okay. 
Love you too, Pat. You there it is. God, what does a guy got to do to get it? I love you back. Jeez <laughs> Louise. No, on the record. <laughs> the way you were able to encapsulate just the whole range of events and to shed light on the positivity that a lot of the people didn't see and encapsulate all of that into a book is just remarkable. I'm floored by it, man. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because that's you're going to blow up. It was the first time ever in Washed Up's history that we didn't speak for more than five seconds. Like you said earlier <laughs> that you talk a lot. I talk 10 times more. Yeah. <laughs> I was blown away. And before you go, I just want to say thank you, not only for showing other people, but also for broadening my horizons on all of this. Because unfortunately, I, you can't see everything. And I am ignorant to some things. And I, I actually, I can, I commend you on your work. And I really do appreciate it. And that's not just bullshit. Yeah. As, while we're speaking of things that are happening for a first in the washed up history, it's also the first time all three of us have read the same book. <laughs> All right. That's that's probably it. <laughs> yeah. Another one. Yeah, we all finished a book is what we're all getting from this as well. Um Vashon, do you have any last things you want to say to the washed up nation, um, considering now you are in it? I am very happy to be a part of the washed up nation. And I Thank you all for having me on and giving me a chance just to talk about this, just to have this dialogue. Um, this is a really good conversation. I'm really sad to go. I have nothing else to do for the night. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can throw 50 on Packers. <laughs> <laughs> then you got something to do. Um, that already no, busted me out for not being a football guy anymore, so I can't even comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vashon, before you go, one last thing. Tell us all something to watch, just a show that you're watching. I've recently finished Lovecraft Country. The best. Dude, I Gavin. just started that two days ago. What episode are you on? I just finished episode Tell one. Tell them what happens. Tell oh. them. <laughs> Spoil it. Spoil it. Spoil it. <laughs> you, you, you have to. It, it's so interesting that it's like, it's not even a big ending. It's like so many. It, you can't explain it. No one can explain it. But that would be the show to watch. Definitely check out Lovecraft Country on HBO. Uh, Journey Smollett is the co-star. That's Careful. my watch recommendation. The good yeah. Smollett. Yeah. <laughs> Careful. The good one. Careful. Careful. Where is that on Netflix? No, HBO. it's on HBO. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Grow up. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's honestly remarkable. It, I watched the first episode and was like, holy shit. Because, I mean, it's not not to sound cliche, but it's like action-packed from the mm-hmm. jump. Like, stuff is going on the whole first episode. Yeah. In one hour. Each episode an hour. Yeah. Wow. But the other thing that it does is it just shows you what, like... <laughs> Black I told you, you can't explain it. I told you. Yeah, it sounds... it's impossible to explain. But like, well, then why do you keep trying? <laughs> I mean, I'm giving it a shot. Yeah, it does it to you. Yeah. yeah. But like, one oh. of the things that I took away from it was just the visceral reaction. Like, this is episode immediately, nine, right? 
of what? the podcast? Is this episode nine of the podcast? Episode eight. This is eight. No, we're in nine now. <laughs> <laughs> this is nine. I already finished the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, but when, when they're driving in the car and you see the cop car coming up, you're just like, spoilers. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't give away that much, but it's You haven't like, given away anything. The yeah. only thing that you've done for me is not want to watch this show. <laughs> you've made it so good. I'm, I'm excited to check it out, though, just to try and... You now have to connect this back to the book, because you just brought up a point. All right. Love it. Let's get into the business. <laughs> so, in episode one of Lovecraft Country, they tackled this idea of sundown towns, mm-hmm. where if you're black, you can't be in this area after a certain time where you're going to get killed. That's tackled in Lovecraft Country. So the back cover of the book, which no one has ever asked me about, is of a bridge being lifted. And I read an article, and they compare sundown towns to Chicago over the summer with the curfew being put in place, CTA service being suspended, the bridge is being lifted, preventing you from going to a certain place. And if you were out after the curfew, you were basically subject to arrest. So it was like an exact idea and replica of a sundown town. Wow. And uh, that's why it shows this as a back cover image. Because this is the, the one image in the book that, well, besides a front cover, that doesn't have a caption. Wow. Awesome. Now, now I want to watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> Not anything yeah. that Brez had to do with it. Yeah. All right. Well, Vashon's book, Photo Essay, Chicago Protests, A Joyful Revolution, is available on Amazon right now. So go buy his book and just show it off. Tag washed up. Tag Vashon photo and get reposted. You know, everybody I, wants to get I know reposted. I already heard what Pat said. All four of us have read it. Sean, I don't know if you're an avid reader, but that's amazing <laughs> for us three. So yeah. if we all three read it, that means you definitely should. Yeah. Well, Vashon, one more time. Who the love a book with pictures? Exactly. That's my favorite. That's, what, <laughs> my favorite. that's why we were able to finish it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Vashon, thanks again, man. This was spectacular. Thanks, man. Some cool news in Cliff's life. He is now an ambassador for Kanga Coolers. If you haven't heard about Kanga Coolers, they are pretty much a koozie for your case of beer. Keeps your case cold for an extra four hours and no ice needed. Keep your beer in its cardboard box and put the whole box into the Kanga Cooler. They also have t-shirts, merch, koozies. They got it all. And now with Cliff's special link that's in his bio and the washed up bio, you can get 10% off. And now for Brady's Fade Me's, Brez's Brilliant Bets, and Cliff's Picks to Click. All right. That interview with Vashon was a lot of fun for all of us. Uh, go check out his book, Chicago Protest, The Joyful Revolution. Um, it's out on Amazon. I think it's like 26 bucks or something like that. Worth it because this is going to be in Chicago's history forever. Um, but it is Friday, and we do have a full NFL slate on Sunday, so you know what time it is. It's time for the fellas' parlays. Brady, are you ready for a Brady's fade me? 
they say that people are born ready, but I was born yesterday. So yes, I'm ready. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> Every single week I see the board, the team that I love and hate. So I guess I love to hate them and I hate to love them. The Atlanta Falcons minus four against the abysmal Broncos at home. Absolutely no way they can lose. If you don't want to take a parlay, put your mortgage on the Falcons <laughs> minus four because it's a for sure thing. You're telling me that a team with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, and Tom they don't have they don't have Austin Hooper. <laughs> Austin Hooper, his brother is on Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. That's what I said. All right, now that we're back on track. Falcons minus four is the first leg of the parlay or my gorilla lock of the week. And then the <laughs> second leg is a Vegas pick em. I do love the chargers. I love Justin Herbert. I love what he's doing, but they simply can't figure out how to win. So with a pick em, Vegas is free money. Uh, you don't win free money at Vegas, but this week you will. <laughs> and then my old team, the New England Patriots at the at the lowly, lowly Jets. Minus seven and a half. I think New England needs to get right now or the season's over. People are talking about them tanking. Bill Belichick will never do that. He's going to whip a schlong out this weekend. They will win by probably 14, two scores, if not 14. So New England minus seven and a half. I'll go over that for you again in case you didn't hear it. You shouldn't have missed it the first time because these are absolutely fire picks. The Falcons minus four, sure thing. Vegas pick them, sure thing. New England by fifty, sure thing. Love that. Brady's fade me is locked in. You got the Falcons minus four, the Raiders money line, and the Patriots minus seven point five. Brez's brilliant bets. What do you got for us, mastermind? Um, okay, so I got a spicy, big old-fashioned teaser for the fellas. Love it. So I'm taking a seven-point teaser, but there's a hell of a lot on it. <laughs> so we're taking the Seahawks plus four at the Bills. We're also taking the over 48 on that same card. The next game we got with the seven-point teaser, we got the Houston Tecum, te- Texans <laughs> in a pick which that's a gorilla lock. Um, <laughs> the Chiefs minus three and a half. And then the under 59. Do I like that? Nah, but I think it's going to hit. Then the Bears plus 13 and a half. And then we got the Washington foosball team at plus five and a half. And then to round out the day, we are going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers minus seven on points bet. That is plus 1,800. So I'm betting 50 on it because it's going to smack and we're all going to make a lot of money this weekend. I love that, Brez. All right. So uh, the recap of the seven point teaser that gets the Seahawks to plus four. You're taking the over in that Seahawks game. Texans pick them. Chiefs minus three. Take the under in the Chiefs with the teaser. Bears plus 13.5. The football team plus 5.5. And to round it all out, the Steelers minus seven against the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, oh, 
I can't believe that spread ballooned to minus 14. Like, that's insane. Also, Gucci another... Gucci just needs some time. Yeah. He needs some more reps. Also, while we're here... Gucci Danucci got benched, bro. Oh, yeah. Also, while we're here, let's recap that Robert Spillane has now stopped Derrick Henry at the goal line and pick six Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he is fucking killing it. Um, that was probably the biggest hit that Derrick Henry has taken head on in his NFL career so far. Yeah. And then, so he takes down one king, King Henry. Then the next week, against the fucking former MVP, pick six yeah. to the house. Yeah. Now all crazy. he needs this to kid do is, insane. is make DK Metcalf fumble since he's baby Bron now, which would make him a baby king. Yeah. I mean, he took down all three kings. That would be crazy. I think Robert's going to catch a big, ba- big old-fashioned bag yeah. for this season. I think, dude, he he knows how to run with that football because he was running back. So it's good to see him out there uh, just his killing. His grandpa it. was uh, the Johnny Latner, John Latner. Yeah. Um, all right, we got also number forty-one for the Steelers. Yeah, that was a sick little thing they tossed out there for ESPN. All right, we had yeah. Brady's fade me's Brez's brilliant bets, which is a teaser. Don't know how I feel about the teaser. Um, but oh, um, I can send out another one. We could put on the story, and that's all money. Or, uh, all right, I'll do a money line. We got it. That's good. We got we got to start putting these on our stories too. All right. So uh, for Cliff, for Cliff's picks to click, um, Brady, I really want to jump on the train with you, but I'm going to go completely different from all of oh. you guys. I'm just not going to touch any game that's already been said, and it's almost impossible. How is that possible? Um, because <laughs> Press took the whole board. No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ravens are favored by one point against the Colts. I think the Colts aren't good at football. I don't think they can't score. Um, they can stop people from scoring, but they cannot put up a lot of points. Um, you guys looked at me like I'm crazy. So I'm going to take the Colts. I love going against the grain. So we're taking the Ravens money line or the minus one, whatever you're feeling. Uh, we're hammering the football team money line. Actually, no, get the two and a half. They're going to win by three. So Ravens, football team, and uh, I really want to do it. Tua Tugavailoa is one and oh. Take the Dolphins. Covering the spread against the Cardinals. It's a dumb bet. Do exactly what I say, and you'll lose. So we got <laughs> we got the Ravens, the football team, and the Dolphins. Do with what what you will. I'm gonna I, put I'm gonna put I a dumb amount of money on. Hate in. the fact that if you didn't watch the game on Sunday, that you see that two was one and zero. Yeah, he he played absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, and he I was had carried. The house on the Rams, dude. I had a outrageous parlay last week that was Dolphins winning, Vikings winning, and then the Cowboys winning, and the Cowboys couldn't even stomach a fucking touchdown. Well, I had the Cowboys to cover, and you. So did I. So did I. You were gonna be a millionaire. I was gonna be so rich if the Cowboys won, just straight up. I hate that. All right. Well, we're all out of time. We got a fun weekend coming up. Uh, Again, check out Vashon's book. Check out our parlays. Hit us up. And Brady, what team do we root for? The Bulls. 
Go Bulls. Brez, peace out. Brady, peace out. Peace, Peace, love, and happiness, everybody. Catch us next time. with me get high and catch a vibe with me this music that make you feel good do it for the real ones do it while i still can this is for the real fans we're singing along with the satellite shows i ain't know i ain't so fly don't you think so too shawty trying to come through to kick it like kung fu on the block cruise with the sunroof open i'm the one who everybody love everybody want to be like me i cha-cha real smooth do 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 i break rules and race roofs sip great goose with great juice i make moves and i make the music and ain't loose homie